Welcome to Gateway Geek, a podcast for those wondering what this geek thing is all about. I'm your moderator, Jess Aducci. On this episode of Gateway Geek, we dig into something everyone can get into. Movies. Today we're here with John Boggs from PretentiousFilmmaker.com. Hello. Uh, with Brenton Larson, screenwriter for Broken Phone Booth Productions. Afternoon. And Tony Faith of 30-something Digital. Hey. So, we're here, and we're going to talk about movies. Lovely. Everyone's excited about that, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I kind of wanted to talk about movies because I think it's the perfect place to start, like, getting into geekdom, because pretty much everyone watches movies, period, right? Um, mm. So, something I kind of want to start with... Um, we've kind of established here at Gateway Geek that a geek is someone who's very interested in and knows a lot about a particular field or activity. Um, in our case, just because I want to be more specific, um, usually related to sci-fi or the fantastic. So, and a lot of the things that are included at one point were so mainstream. A lot of things have gone more mainstream, obviously. So, my first question for you guys is when we talk about geeky movies... Um, what really constitutes a geek movie because we have people coming in keep in mind our audience they're they're newbies they're interested in geekdom they they're interested in this crazy thing blowing up in the mainstream called geekdom so what do they need to know about geeky movies i think that would have been a much easier question to answer in 1985 okay why uh because i mean it's so mainstream now everyone mm. claims to be a geek everybody has been so inundated with media uh, information um, that any practically anyone knows something about the next big pop culture thing. So I, I almost feel like it's been so accepted that it's hard to find that real true subset genre of geekdom. I think for mm -hmm. that, you have to look for like the MMO people online, <laughs> you know, the World of Warcraft folks, the... You know, all that kind of stuff or the card players, you know, the you know, if they even do uh, Magic the Gathering anymore, that kind of that's what I think of when I think geek now today, when I mm. think of us, when I think of movie geek, I think of mainstream, you know, cool kids, to be honest. Okay. You just want to. Well, well first cool of all, let's bugs. the as far as what constitutes a geek movie, even if we have to go back to 1985, what what makes a movie a geek movie? Well, I would say because um, that. And I may, you may not want to go down this route, but because I was thinking about that, and yeah, it's really easy with all the superhero and sci-fi movies, and even you know, a few years back, the Lord of the Rings, you know, fantasy type movies, to say that you know, just like in the podcast before, where we said that these are kind of the areas of geekdom we're focusing on. But I would still say that a geek movie does not have to fall within one of these genres. In fact. I think the trend is, even with these mainstream movies, and I mean, what mainstream has figured out is this is why geekdom is cool, is that it's got some sort of continuation with it. It's not something that's just a, a one-off, and, and I, I can actually come up with contradictions when I'm saying before I say it, but I'm going to go ahead and finish saying it. Um, it's, it's not just a one-off. It's got something you can follow. Even if you watch like the mainstream like Marvel movies, like they've built a world, not just a bunch of movies. And I would argue personally, like I wanted to like find the obscure and say like it doesn't even have to be like in a world, you know, in a world. That's always a good start. <laughs> but it could also just be like kind of a theme or a trend. Uh, I, I consider myself personally like a geek for Wes Anderson movies. Um, 
And I think okay. that that would count because, you know, it kind of fits on that obscurity and to really appreciate them or to continue to appreciate them, I think it's good to kind of get where he's coming from because he has mm -hmm. a, a similar kind of humor and theme. Uh, same with Woody Allen, even though, you know, he can do comedies, he can do dramas and things like that. I'm kind of a geek for, you know, Woody Allen movies. And and so that that's that, that's my answer to it. Is there anything that's kind of got like that you can a follow continuity. from movie to movie? Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting definition. I'm I'm interested in what you said as far as the the contradictions that you're already thinking of. I have an example that I think is a totally geeky movie, but is a contradiction, and that's The Fifth Element <laughs> because there's an element. Okay. But I will say, Luke Besson created that world the world that the fifth element was in with the, in, the idea that there could, there's so much more than mm -hmm. what he's telling. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it, it has implied continuity. <laughs> right. If, if that's possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Another interesting thing about geek movies, Jess, is, is, is like, like you pointed out, um, that it, it, it's so, it's so much more mainstream Everybody watches movies, so you don't necessarily have to be a geek for those kind of geeky movies to get into one or two of them or just have been exposed to them. Right. Which, okay, so let me let me try to narrow it down just a little bit. Um, if, for instance, the kind of thought in my mind, um, if one of our listeners goes to, like, Comic-Con, not San Diego, a con, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. then there there are going to be kind of a certain set of movies that you might see posters around for that you might see cosplay that you might see so what is prevalent maybe that's a better question to ask what's prevalent in the geek community um that that people encountering geekdom will will go oh like fifth element all of us go oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it's a popular movie but that's something that will, you know, you'll run into. You'll run into cosplayers. You'll run into into people that love and, that and stuff. And the bulk of cosplay at a con will focus on the movies that are most recent. So you know, when the first Avengers came out, there was a lot of Loki. Now you know, there's. Uh, I'm expecting with you know Batman v Superman and you know the Civil War a lot of that kind of mashup between friends and things like that at cons this year, especially mm -hmm. like the ones that really focus on the cosplay. Uh, that's not to say you won't see all the other stuff, but I mean, if you're talking about like you're walking through, what are you going to see the most of? What do you want to know? Who that you know? What is that I'm seeing? Mm -hmm. I saw my first Ray at uh, MegaCon <laughs> Fan Days before Christmas, nice. and that really, that really made me smile. That was my first yeah. official any kind of cosplay Force Awakens, and and I took I took a picture with her, and I that just made me smile. I was like, oh, I'll remember that. <laughs> So a lot of the a lot of the geek movies. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Oh, Star Wars! I was thinking Ray Stantz from Ghostbusters. Sorry. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice work. Nice work. I was thinking through your your question, and I think what I do is I first ask, "What isn't a geek movie?" Like I was thinking, okay. I love Gladiator. Um, um, actually, that's not a good example. I love L.A. Confidential. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I also love Blade Runner. Yes. One of those is considered a geek movie, but they're both noir. They're both very well acted. They're actually both directed by very recognized um, directors who are, and the films are very tight. They're very timeless. But I would never say that there's, that LA Confidential inspired geekdom in anybody. 
and it made me wonder why. And I, as I was thinking about it, I think one thing that that differentiates geekdom from non-geekdom, or there's maybe a, a better title for that, but anyway, I think geeks actually, what makes a geek is someone who recognizes someone else who's a geek. If anything, <laughs> when we talk about the geek community, that is mm -hmm. what makes a geek, is that they're part of a community. Um, mm. I've mentioned Gladiator. I don't think there are any Gladiator geeks out there, because everybody loved Gladiator. But mm -hmm. when I start talking about, oh, I don't know, um, a Guillermo del Toro movie, mm -hmm. and, I, and there are people in the room who have seen the same movie and enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. That person is a geek, I'm a geek, and we are geeks together. And the mm -hmm. people who did not see them are not geeks, and they are excluded from our fellowship. You know what I mean? <laughs> In a way that, um, if you think about it, geeks, I mean, there's a reason why there's so much merch on sale at cons. It's so that the geeks can recognize each other better. You know what I mean? There's no Gladiator t-shirts out there, because everyone loves Gladiator. But mm. Firefly's different. You wear mm. a Firefly. Like, I wore, an, um, I, I wore a, a Resident Evil Umbrella Corporation t-shirt. It's a very mm. basic t-shirt. And people recognized me as a fan. They were coming up to me with one on my face. It was a stupid t-shirt. You know, you could get it anywhere. But they saw who I was. Mm. That's something that's different. I think that's something that's evolved over the years because it just there used to not be geeks. You're right, Boggs. In the early 80s, there were just nerds. Nerds had to hide because they didn't want to get thrown into the girls' bathroom and all that crap, right? Nerds. So they, they did their Star Trek dressing up as Captain Kirk and whatnot, but they had to do it in secret. Mm. Now they are on display. Not only are they on display, but they are actively looking for each other. And that's what makes a geek, I think. And, and we're getting bigger, too, you know. Like, yeah. I, I kind of want the jocks to, to, to come try and beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because if I'm wearing a Captain Kirk outfit and I kick some big muscly guy's ass, that's just, you know, and at some point my shirt comes off. That's just, <laughs> off. that's a check off the bucket list right there. <laughs> and all the ladies swoon. <laughs> would, a, would a geeky movie then, just, just based on what you were saying, Brent, like would a geeky movie, as we continue this conversation and try to talk a little bit more specifically about that, like would, would it be then... Movies that not necessarily everybody likes, but that people are humongous fans of, mm -hmm. um, and that you kind of recognize each other um, across the room because you wear that fandom literally on your sleeve now. Yeah, and I'll add because, because a like, lot of that merchandising happens with what we think of as geek things. Yeah, and and like the Avengers was so huge, people could everyone could say they're fans, and yet. I, as a geek, when I hear someone is a fan who's an Avenger, I'll ask it a defining question or two to suss out if they're a geek or if they're just they just like movies. Like, wasn't it awesome how um, the Hulk punched out the Leviathan and then screamed at all the aliens? You'll never see that in any other movies. And if they give me this, what are you talking about movie? Then I'll be like, okay, thank you for your time. I'm just gonna move over here now. Exterminate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Like, Whovians wow. know each other by phrases just like that. You think it's because they just love talking about the property to themselves? No! 
They're looking for each other. It's like a love story <laughs> that covers the whole globe. It's beautiful. I think I think the be- a better question is almost how do we define the different levels of geekdom? Like because I I feel like there's so many different like you know there's the there's the kind of weekend geek. Just just oh. keep in mind we spent a whole podcast on defining a geek. Weekend we've already geek. done that. I'll shut up this this is the movie episode. <laughs> okay. So if there's I'm different levels of geek. movie. I'm only a geek two weekends a year, and uh, <laughs> they only call me up for like federal emergencies <laughs> at cons. <laughs> so so are there different levels of geekery in movies or? I don't know. I don't even know how to phrase that. You know, I always, you know, the geeks I can't stand, the ones that I just kind of want to strangle once in a while. Is like, you know, we were walking out of seeing Civil War last night, and you know, we're standing there in the parking lot, and we're talking about the story. We're talking about how how it moves, how it felt, if the scenes felt connected, that kind of stuff. And inevitably, there's always that other group of geeks that are standing over there, and they're doing the nitpicking pot shots of like, you know, well, you know, there's no way that. Um, he could have actually done that because the scene continuity doesn't make sense. And I, I almost feel like that that group of geeks are just – sometimes I feel like they're doing it just to make themselves feel awesome, which I know is probably a whole other tangent. And mm. I feel a certain sense of elitism when it comes to those kind of guys because I just want to say go home and let the real guys sit around and talk about the fact why this what, – what made this a really good movie and yeah. – and, and, you know, that's that, that's just one of the ways I kind of feel sometimes. I get really strong about that in terms of different geekery, you know. There's also the the ones movie-related that will look at the continuity. If something is based off another source of media, so comic books, they will just tear down the continuity of, you know, whatever the movie did. Oh, it's not like that. It's not like that. And to an extent, like, I forgive that. Like, because if you're going to call something like, you know, a Spider-Man movie... Then the main character should be Spider-Man, and their shore should be like at least pulled from the reference material. But if you're going to go, but that's a story point. What you're right. arguing there is a story point. That's a that's a, I think that's a legitimate argument. But if 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 they want to change, you know, the origin of something so that it's more relevant or is able to be condensed into you know a two-hour film instead of you know fifty years of comics, I'll, I'm willing to let some of that go because yeah. you know. Yeah. Movies are not comics. Yeah, I'm almost talking about like the honest trailer guys, you know, where they they are just going to nitpick the hell out of something. Like, you know, I remember watching some of it's fun though. Yeah, yeah, some, some <laughs> yeah. of it some of it yeah, some of it is fun. And and theirs is done in love. They actually brought the Russo brothers uh on I their saw show. That, to, that was oh, no, so that was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Although, hey Boggs, I was going to say, what were we doing um uh, right after Batman v Superman came out, uh, we we were doing something. It was we were sitting in your your dining room with a recorder on. What we were doing we a doing? podcast about it, and we were. What were we doing again? But we weren't. But we weren't nitpicking. But we were definitely tearing it apart from a story. Was, structure. You mean like with machetes and little oh, yeah. tiny machetes too? Literally. Yeah, yeah that is blood. actually nitpicking. I think actually. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> okay, okay. This this sort of plays into my next question. I, I'm not entirely sure we answered the first one, but 
we, we stumbled on some good stuff. The, there's some interesting aspects, I think, to consider when it comes to geek movies. We, we talked about those, which is good. Um, some things I hadn't considered before. Um, but we're, we're kind of stumbling into my next question, which is great, which is if you, if you were to get into a conversation. So Boggs, it's like what you're talking about, you know, yeah. people standing around after the movie. If you're to, if you're going to get into a conversation about a geeky movie with a bunch of geeks, what are you likely to hear? And already, like, you're talking about story. That was something in the in the first podcast we talked a lot about, that a lot of geekdom is about story and our kind yes. of obsession with story. So um, we're going to hear people talk about story. What else are we going to hear people talk about? That, that it, Specifically in a geek conversation. Well, it's a lot like listening to sports commentators during a football <laughs> yeah. game. That's, okay, that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's what it's going to sound like. They're going to talk about every aspect. They're going to talk about the story. They're going to talk about... The nitpicking. They're gonna they're gonna talk about whether it's true to the source material, and they're gonna do it in like almost a professional way, um, <laughs> because so many people, mm. so many of so many of our kind are just <laughs> our kind. This is this the, yeah. This is kind of their this is <laughs> kind of their life the in some ways. Across the galaxy, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, it's it's sometimes it's their it's part of their validation of who they are as people of what they like, and they want to talk about the things that they care about. Um, but it, it, it definitely, there's going to be some cross pollinization too. If you're going to be talking about one movie, inevitably you're going to be talking about another movie within that same mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 I always enjoy those moments. I, I, one of the things I actually, we were talking about this last night, like, you know, with the rise of selecting seats and saving them at theaters, we're, lo- we're losing the, the, uh, the midnight showing feel of waiting in line with a lot of different people and having different kind of conversations mm. that, that I think that that's kind of going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always really enjoyed that because you could really get into some nice long conversations. And I mean, that's one of the other things, great things about geekdom is that, you know, you're also going to have three or four different people in that conversation that are going to be specialists in different things. It's like, you're going to yeah. have someone who loves anime. You're going to have someone who loves movies. You're going to have someone that loves television or, Yada yada yada, and it's just it's just this great big beautiful ball of cross pollination that I really enjoy. Do you think some of the things that I could think of that might feel a little different about uh, conversations that geeks might have um, are talking about like the effects, like getting specific in some of these conversations, talking about effects, talking about makeup and costumes, talking about the world. Um, some of that might have to do with like their own background and interest in those things. I mean, a lot of I think a lot of geeks don't necessarily know how the movie's made; they just know it's made. Um, but with like you know special feature content and commentaries and all the different interviews and things they have building up to movies now, and all the different like stuff being released, you, I think even the I guess you could say the layman has an idea that there's something involved. So the production of the movie can become a new geek topic if you followed the movie maybe as it was being made. Like like you talk about that midnight showing, it's like, oh well I know that this part they had the hardest time with or they had to like throw out the script for this part, you know, and start over and you know, people see, talk mm-hmm. even with I mean, I you're completely right. All that extra content and everything else um is out there. But who's going to obsess over it? Because well, that's, that's what I'm saying. The, the geeks—they're the ones that might bring exactly. That yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to Absolutely. get at. Is that's definitely one of the I think the new caveats you'll hear about, along with everything else that Boggs listed, is mm-hmm. you know what went into production. My best friend Matt, uh, who's on the last podcast, that's sort of like his thing. Is he won't necessarily read spoilers. Uh, I know that's a thing that's become really popular now. Is trying to figure out everything you can about the movie before it comes out, but he will yeah. read about 
the you know the I guess the effort it took to make the movie because that in and of itself can be very interesting. Yeah, like Josh Trank, like six months out before he lost Fantastic Four, you know, and then after after that he lost the third Star Wars spinoff. I mean, it was really quite funny because you can tell so much more about the movie listening to well listening to what's going on at the studio, what's going on with the creatives, and and. And I, I think that's something that I that I really enjoy is I I love to know what's going on from the from the industry side as much as the story side, um, mm-hmm. and that's why the whole thing with man, if I could make a movie about a movie just nosediving, uh, I would make a I would make a movie about Fantastic Four because mm-hmm. of just everything that went on in that movie and also the epic meltdown that Trank had afterwards, where you know 20th Century did everything they could to rescue his reputation. It's your heart you know, of darkness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's based, That's exactly what it is, and and, and, and that stuff absolutely fascinates me. The and I think that that's one of the reasons. That's yeah. And I think that's one. Of, <laughs> that's one of the ways that I judge someone's kind of geekdom is that they know that kind of stuff. To like, oh, do you know what happened making the movie? And yeah, so that's kind of my mm-hmm. litmus test in some ways. You wouldn't think I'm a geek, then I just get all that information secondhand. What's weird is I don't know if I actually care about that stuff as much as a lot of geeks. But it actually, mm-hmm. as I was thinking about your question, Jess, it occurred to mm-hmm. me that one thing, um, you'll hear a lot of this kind of information um, uh, about, you know, what Box is talking about, the production and um, just the story and stuff like Tony was talking about. But the thing that always strikes me about geeks is the fact that they think it's so important. Um, and I, yeah. it's funny to yeah. laugh at, but think about it. Um our parent, like our parents, uh, like I talk about superhero movies with my parents, talking about frankly how happy I am when they get it right and how angry I am when they get it wrong, and they look at me like I'm crazy, like um, it's just a stupid movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> use no, the force. When I, when I would get upset, he's like, "Who cares? Why is it important?" And it's mm. it's not that that's important. Uh, I'm just gonna come out and justify this for myself because I am one of those people who will get worked up. But it's not that that's important. It's that the content in of itself is more important than just a movie. It's Maybe this is what makes a geek movie is the message and the story and everything behind that is way more important. And if you're a geek, you've looked into that, you've seen that, you've explored it. You're not just taking something at face value. Those are like your people, like you say, that like the Avengers, but then when you try to like dig into it at all, they look at you like, huh? You know, or, you know, uh, was it Joel Watson did the comic where like you know they look at me like bees are coming out of my mouth and boards, you know? <laughs> I was like I've gotten that look but but it is it is important and it does have value as much as storytelling has value we've proven it for mm-hmm. our society and geeks are aware of that value and movies are a great source for that I think yeah. geeks really I think geeks people that are geeks I think they love sharing things with other people I mean Oh yeah, the with biggest each movies. Other. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. Like yeah, like the biggest movies, the top ten highest grossing films of all time are almost all science fiction or fantasy. And mm. and and like you guys have heard me say this before, is that one of the greatest gifts of film is shared experience. Like that's mm-hmm. what I will always love Star Wars because I think it's one of the best representations of shared experience. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody goes into the theater and everybody is united. And they're all ooing and aahing at the same time, and it's 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 just like watching your favorite football team, your favorite baseball team, and mm. and and I think that 
that's who geeks are. I mean, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, they're also fans. I think you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right about it being just like being a sports fan and that it's just like having that camaraderie together because like on my mother's side of the family, it goes back three generations, Star Wars. And, you know, the first time they saw it in the experience and there's a whole fun story that my grandfather tells. Star and Wars is strong I was, in your family. Yes. <laughs> the force is strong on, on my mother's your side. Your father has it. <laughs> your mother has it. Yeah. Oh, keep, I'm sorry. My sister Please not continue. so much, but... <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. But but I, I I really agree with that and and that that's part of it is that mm. yeah there's a, it brings it in and of itself creates a community mm. right okay. and one other thing that I was that occurred to me is that not only is it important um, because of the themes that run throughout the particular property that you're you're a fan of but it almost I think this really helps drill down for me what it is to be a geek is it offers a piece of a world that's frankly better and more interesting than the one you live in. Which is why people love Star Wars. Um, They wish so badly that there was such a thing as the Force. Every kid, or at least every kid when he was, uh, you know, eight years old, has tried to move something with the power of the Force. What do you mean, Um, wish it was real? um, Boggs, that was about ten minutes ago. So... (laughs) Um, but the thing is, you know, I'm more a superhero guy than a Star Wars guy, but I see it in myself all the time. Man, I wish I had powers. I can't believe how many times I I hold up my hand and try to do the repulsor ray thing when someone cuts me off or whatever, you know what I mean? Or Wolverine's claws when someone, you know, misfiles something or whatever. That's because I want to be in that world. (laughs) I want to be in a place that makes more sense and is more interesting and makes more mm. sense than what I've got here. Mm. I think that's probably an, a human condition thing, is they're automatically looking at what's around them and going, this can't be all there is. And geeks look at these incredibly intricate, more intricate by the second, movies, games, TV, all that, and they and that's why they obsess over the little details and why they get together to talk and nitpick so much is because they want it to be they want it to be real. And yeah. it, they know it's not real, but they man, they wish it was. I, I can relate. <laughs> we make it real. Yeah. In the conversations. Speaking of geeking out, uh I have a movie playing in the background and I just found out that Netflix has now made the Explorers available for streaming and i haven't seen this movie in years so it's playing in the background uh, right now and i (laughs) am so so happy right now i just saw what a eight-year-old ethan hawk looks like and i've just Mm. forgotten so that's that's geekdom oh yeah and uh and river phoenix yeah really did you try to change the channel with the power of your of the force bugs no 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 You wouldn't use it on such piddly things. (laughs) (laughs) So um, earlier, Boggs, you were talking about the midnight movie experience and the shared experience of geekdom and and everything else. Um, Funny enough, that was another one of my questions. Do you think the midnight movie is a pretty geek exclusive thing? Or is it just, you know, it's popular and it's a good way to make money? It used to be. It used to be like the seminal event 
of the movie geek world. The 12 o'clock midnight showing was magical. Mm. Um, and sadly, I think it's going away because now so we magical, have... It starts at 7.30 p.m. Exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's 7.30. It's 10 o'clock. We saw Winter Soldier last night at 10.30 and we didn't wait in line. Mm. So, I mean, but that used to be kind of our banner. It was... And now I think that's something that you can only really find in force at cons. But, it, yeah, it's not so. just... Um, I, don't, I don't think the production is the only ones that kind of, like, ruined that. I mean, we've unfortunately had... Uh, very tragic events like at uh, mm. was it Dark Knight Rising, yeah. where you had in Aurora. Colorado that shooting and things like that, where it's like there's a danger to just like that sort of stuff now. There, there's fear to it right now. I, I don't think there really is a danger, but there's definitely a fear there too. Mm. Like with that many people, that much crowd, and having to maintain it mm-hmm. for for these movies. I mean, not not that everybody's going to go psycho, but I mean, people start getting upset about you know lines and getting cut in line and you know things can get violent and out of control very fast and i think that's why they're starting to spread that out so mm-hmm. i was so thankful that that nothing happened during the force awakens mm-hmm. like i right. was so afraid because like i was just because well, as soon as that happens that becomes the story and that and i think mm-hmm. that was one of the most there was many many sad sad tragedies that happened with aurora but one of the tragedies was is that the dark knight rises it kind of it didn't fizzle but it it, it it didn't have the kind of impact it could have because I think it just got overshadowed and and that made me sad because it was a good story. You so know? all all of that's I mean we we are kind of living in that age where, you know, that kind of tragedy strikes. People know that these midnight movies are going to be jam packed. People are waiting in line. I mean it's a guaranteed, you know, packed house kind of thing. Yeah. So, looking back a little bit to a more classic, fun loving. What what are the qualities of that midnight movie showing that if they could come back today because things have changed a little bit um, what what does that midnight movie kind of encapsulate? It's you ten guys have times better a than few any things, other showing. It's what? It's ten times better than any other showing because everybody in the audience is so amped up that anything good becomes amazing. Mm. That's why I'll always remember the Avengers. Mm. Gosh, yeah, you are playing off. You are playing off all those other fans. No one's going to be there and staying up late if they just kind of want to see the movie. Exactly. Um, yeah. They're there because they really want to see it, and you know, human beings feed off each other's energy. It's like mob mentality, but positive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. And and I think that's. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why. Like, I think once Midnight Showings first started to become like a thing. I knew people that would go with their fanatic friends. So like this podcast would have been great for them because they would go with their friends who are fanatics because they knew it was going to be an event. They Maybe they didn't care as much about the movie, but they cared about experiencing that energy and just being involved, whether so, they were the biggest fan or not. Even with the current climate, I mean, for our listeners, obviously midnight showings or something close to it, like you guys mentioned, you know, 1030 for Civil War. Um is it still worth it for newbies to go check out as close to midnight as possible? Uh, those kind of showings. As, as, <laughs> as the fan, you decide that because mm. I mean, if you if you're new, I mean, go with someone who likes the thing, you know, so that you can kind of feed off their energy. I, I wouldn't walk into that not knowing anybody because it would be a bit intimidating. But okay. yeah, you definitely personally. have to go with somebody. I mean, oh, you have to. Like Bog said earlier, it's total shared experience. When we were in the Avengers. Everything was funnier, and all the action was was sharper. And mm-hmm. I remember when the credits started rolling, 
I was as ha- I was happier than I had been in years, and I didn't know why. But I, mm. in part, knew it was because everyone was jabbering about how great the movie was as the credits were rolling. You just can't buy that anywhere else. You can't. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm a complete side question. Um, and this one, starting with Boggs, but certainly for the rest of you. Um, Boggs, the first time you saw Force Awakens, what was it like? You know, that was funny. I was going to bring that up. I made a mistake. I went and saw The Force Awakens at one of those dining dining theaters. Huh. So it was, ba- and it was also a 3D showing because that was the only tickets that we could get. And I was literally waiting to get my ticket online all day. But of course, the entire internet broke for four hours. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, uh, we made a mistake. We went to a dine-in theater and the energy just wasn't the same. Mm, um, that was a lot, of, a lot of families, that kind of stuff. And had I to do that over, I would have gone to just a regular theater because everybody else told me that showings that they went to, people just, from the moment they got into their seats, people were just out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, Force, mm-hmm. the, the Phantom Menace was a lot like that, and then the movie played. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but still, The Force Awakens, I mean, it was still The Force Awakens, and it was still amazing. But had I to do it over again, I would have gone to a theater where people lost their mind when Han and Chewie came on screen. Because I heard that. I heard that from other places where when they showed up, people people flipped their lids. And I yeah. would have loved to have been a part of that. Did did anyone know I you know, Tony or Brent, do you guys have like particularly great experiences with Force Awakens? That's just kind of the most recent I mean, I know Civil War just came out, but Force Awakens was an event, obviously. But you so haven't seen it yet. So I uh, have. I've seen Force Awakens. Shut up. No, <laughs> of Civil War. That's yeah, why that we're too. talking about it. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went into Force Awakens. Force Awakens was, even though we did a late night showing, I don't know if it was like, used to be I'd have to get like the earliest. Like if they did a 12.01, 12.03, 12.05, I better be on that 12.01 or I'm not a real <laughs> fan. And, you know, maybe I'm just getting, you know, lazy and crotchety in my old geek age. But like I could do the 12.05 this time. And I was okay. But also with Star Wars, going in, it was different. Um, because of the aforementioned prequels, as much as I knew it wasn't going to be that again, uh, you know, there's, you know, like, again, you, you like they, you get so worked up, you get so mad that you, the prequels were just an instance where I'm just so furious. And I'll mm. never probably stop being upset about that, you know. And, you know, maybe that... It's stupid, but whatever. It's just a fact. Like I, I can be logical about it, but that doesn't make my emotions go away. So <laughs> this time, my my focus when I go into Star Wars was give it a chance, be positive, be you know energetic. But I wasn't really paying attention. I was in cosplay. I was dressed up as as my own like unique Jedi. I've got and my wife is doing the same. And you know we're kind of small town here in Albuquerque, so we were some of the few cosplaying, and people were getting into it and trying to talk to us. And I'm just. I'm I'm sort of distant, you know, like I got my, my, my hood up and I'm like the distant, like calm Jedi, really just trying to keep his Zen and not give in to the dark side because, <laughs> but, but, you know, once it started, uh, yeah, you know, music starts you going, you're like, okay, this is good. I remember thinking by the time you get to Ray going, I know the original characters are going to be in here somewhere, but I'm already, I'm already sold. Like I'm already mm. in this. This is already great. I mean, but but every key moment when I when you see the Falcon, I mean, I'm just like, 
like I'm verbally like I'm the one out loud with everybody else going yes and then you see her try and take off and it starts crashing into the ground and I'm the one going ah no don't crash the ship you can't do that what are you doing to me right now and you know you're so like wrapped up after that action scene that you know Han and Chewie come into the ship when you're expecting a threat I mean I guess it was like an easy setup but I was so lost in the movie that they got me and just like with everyone else it's just cheers and it was just like the initial setup was not what it used to be for me, but that was just because I was nervous. But the delivery was just, like, perfect. Nice. And, and the energy was so much fun. And I'm so glad I didn't wait, because when you wait, you get other people's reactions, your friends' reactions, good reactions even. But then it, it like, taints that, that, you know, initial experience. It's like if you're the first one to try, you know, you know a, a certain year of, like, whiskey or a, a certain year, like, a bottle of wine, and you're the first one to try it, you know, you're not tainted by other critics' reviews of what it was or what it should have been. Hmm. Mm-hmm. My best viewing was probably the third viewing because, and I saw it in the theater ten times, um, but... Um, <laughs> you just had is, to say that, didn't you? Well, that's behaving for me. Hey, Bugs, <laughs> how many times did you see episode one? I saw, I, I, I decline. On the fact that I was in denial at that point. It doesn't um, matter. How many times did you see it? So I many saw, of you were. I saw <laughs> the Phantom Menace. I saw the Phantom Menace in theater thirty-five times. So, so yes, I was in denial. I was in denial. Okay. <laughs> I'm, um, uh, we're not going to talk about that. That is not what yeah. this podcast is about. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, um, it was still Star Wars. I and I and I and I'm a very forgiving person. But uh, um, obviously. Uh, but my yeah. When but did my you best... stop forgetting? What get forgiving? Was it at episode thirty five or the thirty fifth time, or was it? <laughs> no, I think I think for me, I realized, I realized it wasn't that good when I didn't go back and watch it. There was a girl like, in high school who stopped being friends with me because I said I wouldn't like it, and we spent two weeks arguing, and then we weren't friends anymore. Wow, <laughs> that was her choice, not mine. Wow. But back to the back to the Force Awakens. My best feeling was the third time because I had finally stopped being. In awe, mm. you know, and like, or not. Finally, I wasn't nervous because I knew it was going to be good. Mm. But I was like, the third time, I was finally like, I can just enjoy this as a mm. film and not as a seminal event in mm. the world yeah. of American filmmaking. Mm. So. It took you. It took you two viewings before that to just kind of calm down. Mm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I was. Yeah, that's another thing to think about. Like what Boggs is talking about here. When you walk into a conversation with geeks talking about a movie. More than likely, unless it's a brand new movie, they've seen, or even if it is, they've seen it multiple times. So they don't just remember the movie, they remember the dialogue, they remember the little obscure things off to the side and the quick things that happened. And that's that's definitely going to ha- come up in a geek conversation. You're going to be like, oh, I didn't even remember that. If, if you're just walking to that, nice. not a geek. Yeah, absolutely. Aspiring geek. Yeah. What's funny about me was I did not see force awakens on opening day and the reason was because my dad or (laughs) i had people telling me dude let's go and see it on opening night and i'm like yeah okay but i was this is you know right at christmas time and i called my mom and i said do you think dad would mind if i went and saw it early and she said i think he might and i'm like oh that's actually sweet so (laughs) i'm like okay okay so it comes out and the next morning I'm walking around looking at people going, you better not say anything to me. Like people who would have no reason to say anything about Star Wars or anything. You know, Can you tell me where Walgreens is? Shut up. I don't want to hear about it because you're <laughs> going to tell me about Force Awakens. So I go into the comic book store and they have a sign saying, yes, if you're going to talk yes. about Star Wars, don't come in here because we don't want you know spoilers and whatnot. 
Nice. Yeah. So I don't get to see it till the day after Christmas. And I go in there with my dad. Oh, man. Oh, and man. it's people are all over the place. And I'm, lo- I'm giving everyone the stink eye. Thankfully, I was still in a crowded theater and everyone enjoyed it. And it was fantastic. And I, I still consider myself really lucky that it, I didn't, nothing got ruined. But it was almost like the world was collectively saying, okay, we are not going to be jerks this time around. We will not dump our spoilers on the internet. We're going to respect the geek. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> that, and that's and that's why I talk about 1985 because you mm-hmm. know we, you know like like today we are just we're we're the ones that drive pop culture. Mm. You know we we drive it now, and in some ways that's legitimized. You know who us who we are. Not only that, we're also all making a living mm. being geeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and and that's and that's something that was very very hard to do back in the 80s and the 90s and you know the digital era has just democratized you know film and video and and not just but also other digital platforms and and now we can be geeks making a living and Mm. that's just a whole different animal Mm. but when when that win finally changes because i i have to believe eventually it will i mean we'll still love that thing that we loved before it, mm-hmm. it became, you know, the driving force of pop culture. And I think that's part of what makes, you know, geek and thereby, you know, related geek movies or the ones that even after the fact, um, it you still love it. Um, which made me think of another example to con- contradict what I said in the beginning, which is The Princess Bride. That is another oh, yeah. one-off mm. that is total <laughs> geek movie, and I will argue with anybody who says otherwise. Hmm. See, I don't that's even... I, that's That's so funny because... You know, Brent earlier on said bl- talked about Blade Runner and uh, L.A. Confidential, and now you're talking about Princess Bride. I don't consider those like uh, they're not geek movies anymore. They're classics. They are straight up classics. I mean, I had Star Wars is not a classic. No, yeah, like I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it's. I mean, it, I, I the the Princess Bride. I mean, yes, I love the fact that it's a geek movie, but it's so much more than that. It's well, it's it's an institution. Hold, hold on. Plenty of people outside of geekdom, I would say, really enjoy Princess Bride. Yeah. If I would, I would, I love Princess Bride for the fact that yes, you talk to any geek, they're gonna quote it, they're gonna love it. That is a a movie that, like I was talking about earlier. If you walk into a a, a group of geeks and you mention Princess Bride, you're in, you're mm-hmm. good. The thing is, it's also kind of a bridge movie. Yeah. To to other people because so many other people really love it now a lot of them it's because they grew up with it i don't know how many young people they're being introduced Funny. to it by their parents mm. <laughs> no but that, but that's the thing that. though you can't you can't say that it's a classic and not a geek movie because as spider-man no, and both. civil war proved to us there's a younger generation coming to see all this stuff that we've been watching forever yeah. and they're still geeking out about it sure Okay, so so we keep we we kind of harken back to the '80s every now and again or whatever. But and, and gee, we, I wonder why. <laughs> well, okay, and and see, that's kind of what I'm wondering is like we we've continually kind of defined the geek movie, the geek experience with movies is kind of what it's turning into, which is great. Um, 
when do you think when do you guys think that started so if we're not just talking like straight up sci-fi fantasy movies as being geek movies which is fine perfectly fine um where do you think everything that we've kind of said about geek movies when do you think that started flash gordon john carter of mars back back i would say 1930s 1940s was when the geek movement actually started um they they're like Mo- the movies or they're the arc just the geek the geek i mean like the modern day like you know if you when geek became synonymous with science fiction fantasy and that kind of realm okay i would say at, that's that those are those are the forebearers i'm looking hmm. at movies in particular but that that is interesting to kind of go back and go okay well it kind of started with books if you you know yeah i, I was thinking okay books to comic books to maybe television so when did it really when when did that come full force you know in, into the movie world oh that's a good question you know i chewed it over and i think i would disagree with you boggs I don't think it was that late, or early, rather. Okay. Um, I think Flash Gordon, I mean, Sherlock Holmes went back to the, you know, the 1900s, and people were writing in to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle when they killed this character. I don't know if they're geeks. I'm really, what occurred to me, and, you know, here's the thing, I just don't know enough about pop culture history to say definitively, but it occurred to me that, I have met people who love Planet of the Apes and saw all the movies and bought the lunchbox and everything. And it was like, they didn't just love it. I mean, there were there have been sci-fi movies since forever. My, I remember when my dad showed me Forbidden Planet for the first time. That was a great movie. It was, but you, that, was, that was it. It was a great movie. To him, mm. that's all it was. It was just another good movie from his childhood. Because you had the novelty. And... It was fine. It was all yeah. good. Um, but Planet of the Apes was when I actually heard people starting to actually care about this as if it was bigger than just another movie. Like it was mm. some kind of movement. You know what I mean? And then huh. Star Trek totally did that. I mean, yeah. the idea that people are watching this. I, I mean, the show, what was it, three seasons and then it was canceled? Why yeah. did people yeah. even care? And yet it got bigger. And huger, and they started. They that was. Those are probably the first Comic Cons, right? I mean, the Star Trek conventions, mm-hmm. more or less. Mm-hmm. And yep. I still, I'm not sure why. I mean, it was for me. I was watching it and going, <laughs> you know, the effects are kind of cheesy, but there were some fun sci-fi things. No, no, no. There are people in there who will live and die on that mountain. <laughs> and right. I think that was that must be it. Where they started to actually, like I was saying before, it was no longer just a show or a movie. It was something seriously important. It, this is really, really funny because in my mind, when I think of like the the prototype geek, like the one, the key, the people that make me feel uncomfortable, the ones that I want to stuff into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> you were it's, a football player. It's the Trekkies. It's the Trekkies. Oh, they, I, like, I, they, 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 I mean, they are a I'm different stuff kind of locker. Breed. What the heck, man? I, I mean, but I know that's funny because, it, it, because I mean, I see people dressed up in cosplay with the Trekkies at, 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 at cons and like they're in their they're in their their federation uniforms and all that kind of stuff and they just they, they look they for look me, ridiculous they, just, they do they look so geeky i mean i know that's just that's really funny because i mean i'm walking around 
you know, dressed in my geek t-shirt and my geek glasses. And You're talking it, 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 geek versus nerd, though, Boggs. They look no, nerdy. No, <laughs> no, not I, even. It's still a geek. So no. yeah, really it's, been, so, do you know? I don't know. Do you know but Boggs, see, that goes back to what I was talking about. You don't think those guys are just dressing like that because they like getting beat up? I don't no, think that's it. Of I not. think it's because they're looking for them each other is what they're doing. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're lonely. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pretty I'm just kidding. I know. I'm just teasing. I should have it's funny, I gave you a I gave you a you know, a warning as far as Marvel versus DC. I should have given you a warning of Star Wars versus Star Trek. And we're not even really doing a versus <laughs> thing, but we spent so much time on Star Wars and nobody said a word. Yeah. And but now you're the dog of Star Trek. You need to shut your mouth, man. Yeah, it's just it's funny because it's i it's very hypocritical of me. I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I can it's I can like, run this the other direction really yeah, fast. In yeah, fact, I know. isn't that funny? Yeah, it's I just no, I know funny's that. not the first word I'd choose. <laughs> I would um, back I mean, home I'm we not, say Dem's fighting words. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, and I'm not gonna begrudge somebody for being a Trekkie. Good for them. It's just I just think Good it's funny for that you, I think little they're the, trooper. <laughs> yeah, like no, I don't know. I've got I've got my Starfleet uniform right next to my Jedi robe and. <laughs> Well, yeah, I you, remember sir. where I was when <laughs> someone said, you know, you can't be a Star Trek fan and a Star Wars fan. It's impossible. And I'm like, that's watch not true. me. And that was that's the end of that conversation. I love Star <laughs> yeah. Trek. I will always love Star Trek. Mm. I do. But, you know, I didn't have an answer for this, what was the origin thing, until you, you kind of brought that up. As far as it coming mainstream into movies, because I would have said Star Wars... Um, I guess it comes from being born in with a geeky family and just having all these movies thrust on you at one time and no concept of when they came out. I would have said Star Wars, but I, I, I know Star Trek was after Star Wars, and actually the reason they started doing the movies was because, um, was it Paramount? Yeah. Basically had the rights and said, we need to make something sci-fi, we have the rights to this, let's start producing this. Mm-hmm. And But they did, they made like an anthology of movies. I mean, they did just do three that were kind of telling a story, which in and of itself was completed, they were telling different stories with the same characters. They were relating back to things that happened in other movies that, you know, would give it more sub- substance. I think, think, yeah, that would be my answer. Then Star Wars, or pardon me, <laughs> Star Trek would be, you know, the this is when it really broke out in the movies, as you describe it, Jess. Because mm-hmm. it, I feel like with movies in general, it kind of sprinkled in a little bit more than other geekdoms. Uh, because there's so, so many movies being made that it may not have gotten recognized. But yes, six movies about Star Trek, and that's just the original series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's where I'd recognize it. And it, it's, I mean, it could also be the advent of the modern-day blockbuster that mm-hmm. started it as well. I, See, mean, I promised myself I wouldn't talk about Jaws. We need I want you to talk I about Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> I want not? you to talk about Jaws. <laughs> and I Please want do. Bugs to want you to talk about Jaws. Totally. Well, of course. <laughs> sure, it still looks fake. <laughs> also, Star Wars looking at is it from the mass. Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> it's only an island if you look at it from the water. Hey, oh. Um, so that's another thing that your your people walking into a geek conversation are going to have to get used to are ambiguous quotes to movies. <laughs> right. Um, may you may just have to to ask. You know, okay, wait, wait. What's what's that? I have to do that all the time. I, I am the worst about quotes. And Brent, oh, being around him constantly, he knows quotes. It's insane. And he'll say something. And I'll just look at him like, I don't, I'm not going to laugh. I'm sorry. I don't get what you're talking about. But you're also <laughs> a girl, Jess. And like, I, I, I like, and what I mean by that, what <laughs> I mean by that is that I have uh-huh. met very few girls that love to quote movies. It's just even, even, what? even, even filmmaker girls. I just, it's just, I, that's been my experience. Uh... If I, <laughs> that's, that's your Tony, experience. Tony, what about your wife? Is she a quoter? Yeah. Um, 
not as much as me, but then who is? <laughs> Which I just you're, wanted you're to not as bad as Brent. The plug, yeah, and just to plug, you got it right. The shark reference—that's Back to the Future too. I didn't hear what you guys said. Oh, I said it, the shark is... still looks fake, and you said you don't normally <laughs> get it. So I wanted to make sure you, I was quoting Back to the Future. <sighs> no, I didn't. No, if you okay. talked about being on like Jaws thirty-four or whatever it was in that movie, it was thirty. <sighs> you suck. Okay, we're gonna move That's on impressive. now. See, see, this is what a geek conversation about a movie would sound like. And even geeks can feel uncomfortable in these conversations. Mm. So, um, but especially when they say that girls don't quote movies. Wow, that's that's getting a little gender hateful. Uh, oh, not not in the way. I it just it's my my experience is that I've been around a lot of lovely lovely women who just who who I will say some I'll say a quote and they'll be like what like it's just it's just that's be made like. Because and actually, yeah. w- women the the because I I know a lot of your friends and I feel like they're bigger into television too. So yeah, things that they make quote yeah. they're actually from like Doctor Who. That's yeah. a big one, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. So it's not really the t- the the movie quoting, but I can see the TV quoting or just knowing that you know a lot of details about television shows. <laughs> Um, with, uh, we're starting to get into like more specific movies, which is great. So, um, I want to know, we kind of did this in the first podcast and it turned out really well. We did kind of a, kind of a round table thing. Um, each of you top three movies, your personal favorites, geeky movies, and we'll just go one at a time. Um, start with Brent. Um, don't list all three, just list my top one. Is that it? Or just, yeah, just, just okay. list one. Okay, now I always have to preface this with um, it, I won't say it's my favorite movie because I don't want to make the other movies jealous. Basically, it's too, they're all too good for me to, to stack that way. But I will say Superman the movie, very high up on the list. Okay. It'll probably yeah. always be on my perpetual favorite geek movie list. Okay. Okay. Boggs? Um, if we're going with number one of all time, it's it's Empire. Empire, Empire. Strikes Back is just it's that's focus. Star Wars for all of you really really non geeky people. Yeah. Mm. The second one, so don't go and watch Empire first. All right, Tony, what's your what's your favorite? Oh, favorite favorite? No, I'll save. I don't know if I can. Save yeah, yeah, you can save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just one of the three. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do them ranked. Uh, sorry, because I couldn't do that. Uh, let me start easy. Uh, the Princess Bride, definitely on my top ten favorite movies list. Definitely mm-hmm. um, got to be there. Cool. Uh, on, on this, watch The Princess Bride. Hmm. Absolutely. All right. All right, Brent. Number two. Okay. Um, I had Empire on there, and um, I can't say it now because Bog said it. <laughs> and I have so many favorite geeky movies, but these just really jumped out at me today. So okay. I'm I'm gonna put The Avengers on there. I okay. just cannot remember the last time I had so much fun watching a movie. Okay. Awesome. Bugs. Number two. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, you geek. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Vintage Spielberg. I wish Nick were on this one because he would start talking about how bored he gets and it would get you so frustrated. You you remember the story about me you remember the story about me telling a guy to to, to dock his entire screenwriting class a grade because they thought the movie was boring, right? Yes. Wow. And he and he did, and he did. Sorry. Oh did he? 
If you're going to be a professional, if you want to be a professional screenwriter or a professional filmmaker, you can't say it was boring. Like that's not just not favorite. a good that's that's not a good answer. It's not that, a good answer. That's as far as I'll go. It's not my favorite. That's fine. I don't know if the kids yeah. are going to go along with what you say, Boggs, but I'm not disagreeing with you. So yeah, you got my support there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got, Tony? Shoot, I hate to do this again, but I'll, I'll, I've got a great third one. Uh, but I've got to go ahead and list Fifth Element. Uh, I really have loved it because that was one of two times I have ever been really wrong about my opinion of a movie before I saw it. Uh, I don't try to make opinions about movies these days beforehand. Uh, you can't help it, though, when you see trailers and stuff. The the advertisement said it was like Star Wars meets Blade Runner. and I, I was remember just, that. I remember this is before that. the fifth element oh. was before the prequels, so I was very adamantly upset that, one, somebody mentioned like Star Wars like it's a thing everybody should know because where I was from, you know, only my family knew about it, and, you know, I got picked on at school for, for watching it. <laughs> but uh, not not beat up. I, I hit back, so <laughs> that didn't happen a lot. But uh, I, I got so mad, thinking this is going to be the dumbest thing ever. No, that is a brilliant movie. Where even the day I watch it and I catch little nuances that are just like, like I said, big world, lots of fun, really engaging. Mm. Uh, fifth Element. And that is I know one of my top it. ten. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but I've got a great um, third one. So when you come back to me, I'll, I'll do something original. All right, all right, Brent. Um. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Cloverfield. Really? I just, every time I think about it, I just love it. I don't know. Um, I know it's a random okay. pick, and I probably change my mind tomorrow, but um, just the execution of it and the way it's set up, what could very well be uh, a new franchise, but is with 10 Cloverfield Lane, is being told in movies in a totally different way from any other franchise I've ever heard of. I just yeah. think it's I think it's really smart and it was just so much fun. Cool. Okay. Um Box. Oh, you're killing me. I I it's got to be one or the other. It's kind of a it's it's kind of a, a coin flip. But um uh cuz you know me and you know I love to rank things. Um Yes. Raiders beats out Jaws by a tooth. I, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> really? you know, like, yeah, I, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, Raiders, I mean, they're both, I mean, all three films that I'm, that I'm naming, they're, they're the films that are in my heart. Are we allowed to but, consider Indiana Jones a geek movie? I mean, I'm happy to, I don't want to dispute it, but I know if Jess, that falls in your criteria for what we've done. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I mean, question. it's everything that we've talked about, because basically I, I'm pulling my criteria from you guys, and I think you guys have done a great job thinking outside the box honestly about what a geek movie is it's not just straight up sci-fi fantasy whatever it's it's more than that and i think indiana jones absolutely fits that criteria yeah. if only because of the reaction to the um movie that never existed uh in the indiana jones franchise uh by the geek community i mean you well know. we will not talk about the movie that shall be not named Right. No, uh, I, mean, I see what you're getting at. I don't yeah. know what we're talking about now. But uh, yeah. excellent choice in Bugs, Raiders, yeah. stuff. I mean, it was funny because I, I, last year, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular is no longer at Hollywood Studios. No. Yeah, they replaced it for Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't and, know that. and I went and saw, saw it. Two years ago. Yeah, I went and saw it last year. And, I, you know, and this, this might sound incredibly pretentious. <laughs> but I, I was, yeah, yeah, because I mean, but I was, but That'll I was sitting, <laughs> yeah, but I was, uh, come on, Tony, we just met. That's all it takes, Bugs. Yeah, I mean, I was, 
<laughs> I was sitting I was sitting there watching this 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 awesome show and then the last time I saw it I was eight years old and there's a couple hundred people sitting in the audience and I'm probably thinking to myself like I wonder if I know this movie better than everybody else here, or I, I love it better than everybody else. And that, and 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 I and that didn't come across as like I wasn't trying to brag. It just made me, I it just I love it. I like it. It just it for it filled my heart. Like, do other people know the magic? And when I say magic, that's why that's why I pick all three of those films because, man, that's the golden age of film for me. Mm. Like seventy set, like seventy five. To ninety ninety one, you know, right where Jurassic Park ended. What was that? Ninety three. Like, I just, it's just, there'll never be films like that again in my lifetime. It just won't. You know, it's funny. The la- um, I watched Raiders uh, a couple years ago, and with Darcy sitting there, and I, it was over, and I'm like, you know, Darcy, I think Raiders is the perfect movie, and she said. You said that last time. You say that every time. Why don't you say something original for once? I'm like, okay, all right, you win. (laughs) She's that's what she does. uh, I saw Raiders um, through VHS, not in theaters, just because of my age. But again, it's one of those ones I grew up with, so I can't tell you the first time I saw it. But our VHS copies of all three had commercials, Mm, and one of them was a. I think it was a Crusade. It was a Diet Coke commercial, and it's, it's oh, a husband yeah. and wife. Yeah. It's a husband and wife watching yes. the movie. This is what made me think of this. And I'm assuming Darcy is your wife. Yes. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Can you get me a Diet Coke?" And she gets up, and she opens the fr- or no, she all of a sudden like everything like her their entire house turns into like you know a temple of doom for her, and she's got to like jump through every booby trap he's been through, and and the shadow of Indiana Jones is like grabbing her and helping her out, and she gets to the, the Diet Coke and like a Pepsi, and it's cheers. the old man going, you must choose, but choose wisely. <laughs> I mean, it's all, all up to her, like she drops it down a hole, and Indy's like whip, whips around it and flings it back up to her, and she catches it and flies like into the living room with the with the Coke, and he's just like, oh, thanks. Yes. And, then, and then the husband says, boy, that Indiana. Yeah. You know, like, and like that just... Man, see but that? But that part's like for me will always be synonymous with the movies. Like absolutely, because every time as a kid, I when I watched the movies, and that was a lot, I watched that commercial. My oh, first man. experience with Raiders of the Lost Ark was in nineteen, I think, eighty six. Um, my family had just gotten a VCR, and I was the youngest in the family, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, so what happened was, is I waited until everybody went to sleep, and I snuck downstairs because I knew the tape was in the VCR, and I pressed play. And as I think at the at eighty six I was what maybe seven, and like um, and I turned I play I hit play and lo lo and behold the scene that I see was the well of the souls where Marion goes into the wells of the soul, well of the souls with the skeletons. Mm. So like that was my first experience with Raiders. Oh. I was absolutely terrified for three weeks. I didn't I didn't sleep. The only thing but like the face melting. <laughs> but yes, but like but now it's like beautiful. my gosh like. Like I like you know it's <laughs> it was like yeah, yeah it's just so funny like you know that that a love affair was started with absolute fright so mm. yeah and here you are today Boggs <laughs> so so Tony what do you have to like okay so the, the so this pinnacle. one I'm I'm actually really proud of and may not be on anybody else's list um, but I it would definitely be one of my top three geek films and that is Serenity. Mm. Uh, I, I say that, and I can say that for uh, for certain. Not just tying it to Firefly. In the previous um, podcast, we talked a lot about, or I talked a lot about Firefly. But mm. I saw Serenity first. I'm like a second gen mm-hmm. Firefly fan, as we're called, 
because I, you know, worked at a video store and there was enough copies of this sci-fi movie. And I'm like, you never just see like just a sci-fi movie. Everything's either a bad rip off of Star Wars or mm. Star Trek's kind of dwindled out, you know, and you never just see like a unique sci-fi movie that's just its own thing. And I rented it. I watched the whole thing and I felt like, you know, that was great. Like it was a good standalone, didn't have anything else with it. Sci-fi movie. Like I felt a little, you know, rushed because I felt like they were trying to get you to get a lot of things. But mm. I was like, that is just a great movie. And I come back the next day and I'm telling one of my coworkers about it. He's like, you know, that was a TV show. And I was like, what? <laughs> and we sure enough, we've got the DVDs for rent over in the TV section. Like those are the same. That's those are the guys. <laughs> you know, in a day I watched the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Went back and watched the movie, loved it even more, mm. and and so yeah, I think I, I on its own, Serenity stands up, and that's hard to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do, but I, I mean, I can say categorically as a fan that 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 movie just holds its own. Mm. I remember watching it and then hearing of its poor box office uh, return and thinking less of the world as a result. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a bunch of newbies who potentially have seen some of these films. I mean, I can definitely, like we talked about earlier with Princess Bride and, you know, that these, these movies people have probably caught, you know, some of them at least. Um, but if just assuming they've never seen anything before, um, I, I want each of you to name three, and, we'll, and we won't do the, the round robin here, name three that any person new to geekdom needs to watch mm. so these aren't just your favorites i mean they need to watch all your favorites too absolutely they're all fantastic films but coming into geekdom what do they need to be familiar with three movies and yes one of those three can be a franchise so you don't have to like use up your entire Thank you. franchise. you're okay. welcome <laughs> I knew that that was gonna be a question <laughs> lord of the rings Okay. Straight up. Um, yep. If only so they can rejoin the 21st century. So um, that would help, I think. Um, okay. Second up, and this is... Um, I'm going to pick half a franchise. Is that okay? Alien so slash Aliens. Yeah. Love it. Um, there's Love no it. way around it. Uh, I don't think you can actually call yourself a geek unless you've seen them. Unless Love you're it. just okay. so embedded in the fantasy genre, then um, you have to prove it. But otherwise, alien, um, aliens. Yep. Um, and the third one, um, you know, I would actually, let me see. I'll go off the res a little bit and say Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. It'll help round nice. you out as a person. <laughs> I How's like that? It. <laughs> or break your face with a bottle. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Build character. <laughs> yeah, it's a character-building movie. That's that's what Nick and I refer to as a veggie. Mm. Go and eat your veggies. They're good, but they're necessary. Mm. Uh, that that was excellent. I love that list. Um, mm. Tony, you next. Um, is it cheating if I pull, like, I mean, from my original list? I can't do that. My, the list, I, I'll, so everything I just listed before is my top three. You could totally go watch starting out. Mm -hmm. um, including Serenity, mm -hmm. uh, and be fine. But because that's lame to stop there, I will say 
Star Trek Wrath of Khan, and yes, it's okay to not watch the first movie. In fact, personally, I'd recommend it. Watch at okay. some point. You don't have to see it first. But, yeah, right, yeah. right. But don't, yeah, don't watch it first, or you, you won't want to watch any of the others. Um, <laughs> if you're going in new to this stuff. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Star Trek Wrath of Khan, I will just a caveat say that um, Star Trek Four is going to be the best one, but Star Trek Wrath of Khan is awesome and a great place to start. Okay. And Star Trek Voyage 4's, Home, huh? Yeah, Voyage Home, all the way. Watched it on a on a plane just recently again. I don't anyway, know, man. Khan is so awesome. It's and I but watch it again. It's awesome because it had a comic moment. It is. It doesn't like hold up like after the fiftieth time. You know, Voyage Home. Voyage Home is so good because of the comedy. The yeah, comedy and, in Voyage Home is just freaking amazing. And it was the first time, really, that you see like Star Trek, like you know, take. Look at itself in its own kind of like sardonic light. Like it's mm. like it sees it. See, it didn't like stop being true to Star Trek. It just it sort of poked at itself at the same mm. time. Absolutely. Or maybe just at the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll always love Wrath of Khan more, but but yeah, Voyage Home, man, just such a good movie. Mm. Um, I have to do two more, don't I? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, starting out. You're starting out. What would I get you to watch? It'd be cheating to say the new Star Trek, uh, the first new Star Trek movie, the reboot was really good too, and I would recommend that. But <sighs> this is so hard because I liked my original list. <laughs> <laughs> is there? Let me let me do this because mm-hmm. I, I think this is an interesting dynamic that you and Chrissy have. You've introduced Chrissy to things. Oh, is there yeah. anything that you've gotten her to watch that that's been a really big success? Oh well, I don't know if this was a really big success, but Netflix just recently released "Batteries Not Included." I totally oh, recommend really? that. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Saw that That'll and work. just said, "Watch this now." Like I didn't, I didn't build up anything. I've, sh- I've shown her, my wife Chrissy, uh, a million things, uh, hmm. and that's probably not an exaggeration. So it's really hard to like pick from that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, what I just thought that might help get get the juices flowing there. Unfortunately, no. It just the list. <laughs> she, it, she she's almost caught up, so the list is still as big. All right, but batteries not included was great, um, and it's fun. And mm-hmm. would you like me to come back to you? Yeah, give me give me time for this one more. I want to make it a good one. Okay, box. All right, so I'm gonna do a little bit of a cheat here. I just imagine today now now today if somebody were trying to get into an exclusive club that was geekdom. Like, I think I would give them, like, movies of today that they should know. So okay. I would definitely say the three movies are franchises that should they should be familiar with to get, you know, to, to do the passcode, to get through to the next, to the speakeasy. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. would I would say um, anything Marvel, anything MCU, anything uh, Star Wars, and anything Batman. I would say the Nolan trilogy, the The Force Awakens... And and anything MCU, I, and I, I think that if like if you want to break into the present day geekdom, that's the route that you should go. All right. Well, that was concise. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> now Tony's gonna like totally blow no, us out of the water. No, 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 I'm not. Uh, you, you said a great <laughs> bug. You said you said a great president stuff for modern day. So what I want to do is say okay, but if you actually want to like you know talk to sit at the cool table at the speakeasy. It's not just about knowing the modern stuff. It's about knowing the stuff from far back. So I'm just going to do three franchises right now. You mean I, I the hipster table? Um, yes. Right. <laughs> Except without the flannel. 
But I say the three franchises to follow, or the three three franchises I literally watched over and over and over again, back to back, as a kid, and that is uh, the original Star Wars movies, which I know they've been mentioned, but I got two more. Mm-hmm. The Indiana Jones movies, the, all three of them. Yep. All, you know, and you know the only three that all there three. are, as far as I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Nope. And then uh, most definitely, most definitely. The Back to the Future trilogy. Oh, nice, nice. Mm. I can't get behind episode two. Oh, that was my favorite. I I like you. Can't be serious. It was crazy. Well, first of all, all the future stuff, and it's so great because it's now 2016, and the future of Back to the Future two was set in 2015. Mm. But all of that. You know, you know how like what is it like the you know, old men would grump? You know, when you get to the future and technology, be like, whatever, you know, new technology. Where's my jetpack? Mm. And that was you know like the, this phrase back then. Now, now my thing is whatever. Where's my hoverboard? <laughs> <laughs> I was promised a hoverboard. I don't care if it's pink and says Mattel. I, I want a hoverboard. What fact, would it, you guys pick if it like Jess? If I can ask this question, uh-huh. what would if we're going with the speakeasy analogy? What movies would you guys pick if you wanted to get into the VIP room? Oh, All gosh. of the ones I just listed. Okay. No, no, like really, VIP. The Hardcore. VIP, the velvet room, the velvet room. You mean, you mean in terms of utter the upper pretension? the upper echelons of the upper the upper echelons uh-huh. of geekdom, like the. I the would, I'd put Blade Runner on that list. Yeah, but I was about to say that Blade Runner would have to also be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You'd at least have to have some early Sean Connery Bond knowledge. Interesting. Hmm. Inception? Nolan? Is Inception uh, a geek movie VIP. or is it just no. sci-fi? I was wondering about that one. Which one? Inception. Is it a geek me- movie or is it just sci-fi? It's geeky. I would say basically. <laughs> it, ha- it has it's a geek masterpiece. Tendencies. That's what it is. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. I just don't know yeah. if I'd ever see it on a t-shirt, you know? No, yeah. Huh. Would you guys well, put like would you put like Space 2001 on there? Yes. Mm. Nick won't shut up about me watching that. That's a tough one. I've got one, Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. That yeah. would be that would be in the gold standard. Uh-huh. Okay. I could see that. You know what I would put on there? The Matrix. I think The Matrix yeah. needs to get yeah. some props. I don't know about VIP, but it definitely should be foundational. Mm. Yeah. Um shoot, I had one. Flash Gordon. Mm. <laughs> Cuz it's not for everybody, but it's one I of my favorites. I wouldn't make it in you guys <laughs> VIP room. It'd make it into the cheesy part of the VIP room. (laughs) We'll we'll wrap up here a little bit. (laughs) So so to kind of kind of summarize, if I possibly can summarize this conversation, um, for for geek movies, it's really for me listening to you guys. It it feels like it comes down to more the experience it comes down to the community side of it um there's definitely things that fall into the sci-fi fantasy and adventure category i think adventure kind of sneaks in there for us geeks as far as movies are concerned if we want to do genres but it's really more about the themes the storytelling tony like you were saying we take that very seriously i mean we we get into that you know um it matters and uh interesting worlds that we want to be a part of, you know, like, like you were saying, Brent, um, all of those things m- really matter in a geek movie. Um, and of course there, there are going to be things that are more prevalent, you know, uh, that, that come up in a geek conversation that, you know, all these films that we're talking about, that you're going to hear a lot of that from geeks. Um, all of our top movies 
we're all, you know, all of us, we can see each other and we're kind of nodding and going, oh, yeah, that movie. Oh, yeah, that movie. Oh, yeah. Because we've all seen them. Today we celebrate Independence <laughs> Day. Oh, yeah. There we go. Arbor There we go. What? <laughs> was it Arbor Day? Was it? Okay. Um, you know, and, and as far as things, I, I love how we just kept, as we talked, we kept listing things that um, you might overhear or you might encounter in a geek conversation about movies. Um, a couple of ones were, uh, you know, you've seen the movies multiple times, so you're going to be more um, well-versed, whether it's quotes, even though apparently as a girl, I can't quote anything. Um, <laughs> oh, I did s- Oh, gosh. Just do it's it right over, now. Bugs. Do it. Spite don't, them. Quote don't, a movie right yeah, now. Yeah, it's over. Those, don't bother, those quotes it's... will be ambiguous, which is why I don't get them. Um, and... Uh, you know, you kind of go through like a. I, I liked your comparison box earlier as a as a sports commentator. You know, you're kind of calling calling all the shots. You're calling, oh yeah, that was great, and you're calling actors, and you're calling stories, you're calling world, you're calling makeup, you're calling all that stuff. Um, we we listed some really great movies for you guys to check out, and that list will be absolutely available. Um, IMDb links so you can check out everything. Because if you're a geek, if you're getting into geekdom, that means you're going to check out every single detail you can get your hands on. You're going to obsess, and you're going to look at all these movies and look at everything associated with them. We hope. I do want to say, Jess, because you talked about, you know, we care about the feelings of the movies and stuff like that. There, you'll see a difference, because it's, it's been noted that a lot of movies, um, be, you know, because, due to fan feedback, will get, like, axed before they start. I mean, one of the reasons that we haven't, it's said that we haven't seen a Wonder Woman movie yet is because it took them forever to cast somebody, because anytime the mention of Wonder Woman came out, the internet would explode with hate and I, I i don't think you're going to find as much of that in in a real geek conversation they'll definitely like we've been hating on some things but we've also been kind of laughing you know and you know we definitely feel strongly like i hate the star wars prequels but i have a list of you know if, if we were to talk about it like that would be longer in this podcast of reasons that break it down that really do justify that versus just internet you know ranting and hating on things that, and you'd be right you're correct right I mean, it's, it's like there's an argument of what is and isn't good storytelling and you know so you could say that's subjective to a point but oh. but no then there's then there's you know Zack snyder and prequels and some something about a fourth movie i don't know what we're talking about and <laughs> jess and i had a conversation earlier today where i said that we both kind of came to an agreement that i don't think that art i don't think that story good story is is subjective I think that there are just good stories and there are bad stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like if somebody were to, I had some, I at one time had somebody tell me they didn't like The Dark Knight. Well, and then they didn't like it. That doesn't make it a not good film. It no, exactly. Yeah, but, 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 but then they said, I said, well, how can you say that? And they said, well, that's just because that's the way I feel about it. And the, then they could say easily, well, it's subjective. It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I'm sorry. You're wrong. Like, you well, know, you can or, have that opinion. If it's your opinion, back it with something. Don't just go, yeah. I didn't like it. And, and most of the time that's someone saying, I know everyone likes this, and so I can't stand it. Yeah, I want to... Unless yeah. they yeah, can yeah, back it with, like, <laughs> something, you know, legitimate. I mean, there have been times when I've been hard on a movie, and I give my reasons, and somebody comes back to me and says, well, you know, what about this, this, and this? I'm like, well, maybe I was too hard on that. And I have learned to appreciate things, appreciate stories that maybe at first... Yeah. I was, I was you know, just... just a little too clouded from yeah and one thing i was going to say really quick jess was um one thing that i think really defines geekdom is our we as geeks uh we don't just love things 
we own them, basically. Um, I, I can look at movies and say I enjoy them, but there are some movies that, uh, you know, Boggs is, frankly, Boggs is the best example I know of. You make an attack on Star Wars, you're making an attack on Boggs, and it's not just because he's a crazed fan, it's because he owns Star Wars. Star Wars is his. I think this is why Lucas had so such a hard time with the prequels, was fans legitimately spoke up and said, you can't mess with this. We don't care that you created it. It's ours. Mm. Um, it causes so much experience. I mean, yeah, it's not just the movie's yours. It's the experience of enjoying the movie, of ex or I guess experiencing the movie that becomes yours, and that's what makes it so personal because it changes something. I mean, if you... It changes your philosophy, or it it affirms your philosophy. It, it 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 has ideals in it that you then stand behind, and it gives you something to stand behind. And so when someone just says, "I don't like it," it's stupid. It's like my first reaction is, "You're not paying attention," hmm. or "You're not thinking," hmm. because there's a, there's a lot of people like that's one thing geeks will not do. I think going into a movie is not think. There are people that I just yeah. don't want to think about it. I just want something I don't have to think about. And it's like even in silly movies or dumb like B type movies, you're still thinking if if it's yeah. a good one. I, I will never yeah. shut off my brain until I die. I yeah. never want to not want to think. And I think whenever you're talking to geeks, you're going to find that theme. They're thinkers. Um, abstract thinkers, maybe, but they're thinkers. I think, uh, man, what's my end definition of a geek? I think geeks are in touch with the, with the ideal in a lot of ways. I think yes. um, we, 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 a lot of geeks are dreamers, that kind of thing, and, and and there's something inside of us that knows that we're not in a per in a perfect world, mm -hmm. and uh, um, and I think that the geeks will watch movies about escapist films, or because a lot of these these films that we're all talking about are mostly escapist, mm -hmm. and we love that. Mm -hmm. And what Brent said earlier is that it's another world that we can go into, um, and I think you know now there's a there's also a level of unhealthiness there. You know, like we have to make sure that, I mean, I love Star Wars, but I, it's not my reality. Mm. Right. Um, um, uh, but that's, that's what I love about geeks is that they know that there's something I would say broken about this world mm. and, and, and they, and they want to find something that isn't. Mm. And, and that's what I enjoy about geekdom. I think that's geek movies in a nutshell and that's a, a good place to leave it. So thanks guys for, for having this chat and, um, I think a, a lot of mind-expanding things have been said about what could have been a very simple topic. <laughs> mm. I appreciate that. Ooh, this, My cold, pleasure. this cough syrup is awesome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to another podcast of Gateway Geek. You can find links to everything we mentioned. Yes, everything on our website, entergatewaygeek.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for geeking out.